Welcome back to Technotopia, the podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Will Ahmed. He's the founder of Whoop. This is Technotopia. Technotopia is also sponsored by CheapTranscription.io. Cheap Transcription offers 10 cent per minute transcriptions using our happy robots or 85 cents per minute using our human assistants. CheapTranscription.io is cheaper and faster than everyone else. CheapTranscription.io. Welcome back to Technotopia, the podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Will Ahmed. He's the founder and CEO of Whoop, uh, which is a wearable strap that that makes you uh, superhuman, right? Right? Am I am I correct in that? Well, yeah, that's the idea. <laughs> that would be that's that would be pretty cool if we could uh, if we could uh, inject ourselves with some uh, some kind of uh, superhuman thing via a, a strap. But why don't you tell me about the Whoop? Well, our mission at Whoop is really to improve human performance, and we've built a product that is primarily focused on measuring sleep and recovery and strength. So you wear the the Whoop sensor 24-7 throughout the day, and it's going to give you feedback on how recovered your body is and whether you should be taking on more strain or less strain. It's going to measure the intensity of exercise and tell you if you should push harder or you should stop. Uh, and then it'll even tell you how much sleep you need before you go to bed. So it's really a uh, a 24-7 life coach uh, for, for high performers. Okay. So how does it, what does it take to build something like that? Obviously, you have the technology, which is, I guess it's fairly standard now. Everybody's got a Fitbit on. Uh, but how do, you, how do you use some of the data that comes out of these devices uh, properly? Well, I'll push back a little bit on that. I think that there's actually a lot of um, novelty to the hardware itself. I mean, you have to you have to really create this balance when you're building hardware between um, the feature set and um, and things like battery life and data collection. So, what does that mean? So, for example, Whoop collects data at this outrageous Hertz level. So, we're collecting about 50 to 100 megabytes of data on a person per day. If we were a product like a Fitbit or an Apple Watch and we wanted to do a bunch of other things, so for example, the Apple Watch can do phone calls um, and it has a high-resolution screen, we just wouldn't be able to collect that much data. And because we're just focused on health and improving health, uh, all that data then improves our accuracy, which then improves the algorithms that we can develop, which then improves the coaching that we can ultimately deliver. So there's still a fair amount of nuance, I would say, happening at the uh, sensor level. And a lot of that goes back to what your overall mission is. If you're trying to just give someone a better sense for their day and you want to be a step counter, then you can have a really long battery life. You can have um, you know, other features like the ability to see apps on a smartwatch. Uh, but if you want to be able to really accurately understand the body, so to be able to understand that someone's run down or dehydrated or hungover or sleep deprived or peaking physically, then you need to be able to uh, monitor the body super accurately. And that's where um, our focus at Whoop has come in. And it's why we've gone from working with, you know, the best athletes in the world to now uh, a more mainstream consumer who wants to understand their body. So what is it, what goes into uh, uh, building a piece of hardware like this right now? Uh, it's, what did, what did you guys have to do? What did you have to change? Well, I've had a terrific team. I think that's helped a lot. Um, you know, we, we started the business out of uh, out of the Harvard Innovation Lab. And the first thing that we wanted to be able to do, uh, this was in 2012, actually. The first thing we wanted to be able to do was to measure heart rate variability accurately from the wrist. So previously, heart rate variability 
was identified in medical literature as a statistic that um, could predict heart attacks for former atrial fibrillation patients. It was a statistic that was used by the CIA to detect if you were lying. And it was a statistic used by Olympic powerlifters to see if their body was run down. I, I came at, it, at this from the background of being a, an athlete myself. I was playing squash while I was at Harvard. So I was pretty interested in how could I better understand my own body. And I was someone who used to overtrain. So all of a sudden, this idea that I could measure something like heart rate variability that would give me a lens into the status of my body, that was pretty interesting. And so the first thing that we wanted to, to see what we could do is to could we measure heart rate variability accurately from the wrist and, and do it 24-7. And that would, you know, effectively be able to give us all this information on, on your body. Previously, you needed a, an electrocardiogram, you know, the machine that you find in hospitals, very expensive machine, uh, to be able to measure heart rate variability. So today, I'm happy to say that we, we measure that very accurately. But that was the, the, you know, the core focus from day one is how do you measure this statistic accurately? Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's focused on there. What's, uh, what's next for this sort of technology? It seems like, uh, it seems like this is changing almost every day. In terms of what we can pull out of the out of the human body, well, I think broadly speaking, you're going to get to a place where technology understands your body better than you do, right? It's it's interesting that um, I can look at my computer right now and have all this feedback about my computer: its battery life, its performance, its memory. Um, but if I just look at my body in the mirror, I don't necessarily know that much about what's going on. And with Whoop, what we're trying to do is effectively, um, you know, create this this concept of a of a battery life for your body, right? What 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 level am I at today? Do I need to be charged, or or can I expend some battery life? And I think over time, what that's going to allow humans to do is just be way more productive and to be uh, way healthier. Because the the reality is, there's secrets that your body's trying to tell you that you can't feel. This idea that you can feel whether or not um, you're ready for something or you can feel whether or not uh, you're getting sick or, or you're run down is often not the case. There's, there's core indicators that can suggest the status of your body. And I, I think over time that, that that's going to be pretty exciting from the, from the potential of, you know, how, how can we make someone more optimal? Mm hmm. Okay. So, I mean, what is it, what does that look like? Do we, does, does our, do, do our systems basically tell us what to eat, what to, th what to drink, that sort of thing? Oh, certainly. I mean, I think that from a coaching standpoint, you'll be able to know exactly what are the right things to put in your body and the wrong, you'll know, um, really what's the, the perfect recipe of things for you to improve. I mean, we're already doing that to some extent today, um, with, uh, a lot of our high end athletes where they'll, you know, they'll input everything about what they're eating and drinking and different supplements they're taking recovery tools they're using ice bath and flotation tanks and meditation. And the question is, you know, what's the perfect recipe for you? What's the perfect re recipe for John to be optimal? And by the way, that varies a lot, right? Like the reason there's 10,000 diets is there isn't one diet for everyone. And, uh, and so th to be able to give feedback on, Hey, these are the things that you should be putting in your body and these aren't, or these are the behaviors that are good for you. And these are the behaviors that are bad for you. I think just bringing a lot more data to that conversation, first and foremost, you know, the layer on top of it is then to be able to tell someone exactly what to do. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would love a situation where I'm basically my, my wrist basically says here, eat the, uh, 
eat this right now, I drink this right now. Hey, what are you doing? Put down that beer, that kind of stuff. I mean, it's it seems a little bit uh, seems a little bit uh, kind of treats us like babies. But I mean, for, <laughs> we're definitely not doing a good job feeding and uh, feeding and training ourselves without without any help. Well, I think we'll look back on the fact that every human wasn't monitoring sleep as like the Stone Age. Mm-hmm. I mean, I certainly came at this from the point of view of an athlete originally. And the fact that all athletes, especially ones who are serious, aren't measuring their sleep is pure insanity. I mean, that'll be looked back on like uh, like baseball players smoking in the dugout. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is there's so much you can learn from that day. I think sleep is just so, so, so important because – it's this magical period of time where your body is recovering and growing. You know, everyone thinks you get stronger in the gym. You actually don't get stronger in the gym. You break your muscles down. You get stronger during slow wave sleep, which is when your body produces 95% of its human growth hormone. So if you're trying to, if you're trying to like put on muscle as an example, the, the amount of time that you spend worrying about what you do in the gym should not be greater than the amount of time that you spend worrying about how much slow wave sleep you're getting. Uh-huh. Sleep is something that whoop measures. You know, the same can be true for REM sleep. If your REM sleep is when your 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 brain is recovering, right? And so if you're trying to perform at a high level academically, you're trying to perform in your daily cognitive life, you need to be getting a lot of REM sleep. So then that begs the question of well, what are all the things that I can do to get more slow wave sleep, to get more REM sleep, right? And again, this goes back to well, I'm very optimistic about the future from a health standpoint, you're going to be able to get coached on how to do these things. And look, mm-hmm. they were already doing a lot of that at Whoop. Are there, uh, have you seen anything um, in terms of being able to induce uh, a deeper sleep, a better sleep? Um, any systems that you've seen? Well, there's a lot of just general lifestyle things that um, are, I would say, are commonalities across humans. So one is that you generally want to have a really, really dark room. You generally want to have a really cold room. Uh, you know, you, you want to avoid, uh, looking at devices or blue light emitting screens, uh, before you go to sleep. Uh, I find that, um, wearing a, wearing a mask helps a lot. Um, and then another thing that's interesting is going to bed consistently uh, so going to bed and waking up at the same time every night, uh, is actually more important than the amount of, uh, duration you get. So that's kind of a life hack. If you want to figure out how you can get by on six or seven hours of sleep, you should try to go to bed and wake up at exactly the same time every night. Uh, there was a study from the national Institute of health on a hundred students and they looked at, um, sleep consistency versus sleep duration and how it correlated with GPA. And they found that if you uh, if you got more um, more sleep, it was actually less important than if you were going to bed and waking up at a consistent time in terms of how it affected the student's GPA. At mm-hmm. Whoop, we then ran that analysis across like 10 million data sets, 10 million sleep data sets. And we found that indeed the people who were going to bed and waking up at a more consistent time uh, had higher heart rate variabilities and lower resting heart rates and faster recoveries. So that's now something that in our sleep coach within the Whoop app, uh, we provide feedback on. We tell you uh, when we think you should go to bed and wake up based on your recent behavior for going to bed and waking up. And by the way, that gets even really more interesting when you start adding time zones and travel, because those are other things that humans do that they need to be more optimal around. 
Okay. Yeah. So in terms of uh, in terms of jet lag and stuff, uh, basically to to give that advice. So how? Yeah. I mean, think about the number of important decisions that are being made today by people across the world that are, um, you know, people who are jet lagged. Mm-hmm. Right. Could those decisions be more effective if those people weren't jet lagged? Right. Um, how about how the number of decisions being made by people who are hungover? Right. So that's that's where I'm very optimistic about the future, because we've already seen it. Whoop. If you can if you can show someone the behaviors that are good for them or bad for them, you can actually create a behavior change. One example is we see people drink dramatically less alcohol after they've been on whoop for four months. Mm-hmm. 79% reduction in reporting alcohol consumption. And the reason for that is you can dramatically see how negative alcohol is on your body's recovery and your body's sleep. Now, if you go and ask anyone and you say, hey, do you think alcohol is good for your recovery and sleep? They'll say no. But all of a sudden when you've got data against it and it's just showing it to you transparently every day, it induces a behavior change. So that that's again why I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about the future and I, and I think the 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 tools around coaching humans to be more optimal are, are quite exciting. What do these tools look like uh, in 20 years? You know, I think I think the um, the feedback that I'm provi- that I'm describing is probably the the same, right? It's just a question of what the mechanism is that you're receiving that feedback. Today, most feedback is given through uh, a cell phone, right? So I think this is a bigger question for what's the next platform than it is really what the future of health is. The future of health is just being able to be coached on everything that you do um, in, a, in a preventative way, right? Curative medicine is so much more expensive than preventative medicine. Um, and to be able to prevent someone from making bad decisions or to encourage them to make good decisions, that to me is the future of health. So you'll know the effect of something before you put it in your body, you'll know exactly your, your battery life for the day. You'll know all the behaviors that are good for you, and you'll get credit for doing those things. In terms of how that feedback's delivered, it could be via screens, it could be via glasses, it could be via um, you know voice uh, automation. Um, you know that that I think is more of a just a general technology question of what's the next platform. platform is is the smartphone. I think in 20 years, there'll probably be a different platform where, where you're, you're seeing that feedback delivered. The more important mm-hmm. thing though, is what that feedback is. And, um, and I think that's, what's going to be quite powerful. Okay. Uh, what kind of, what kind of uh, performance and improvements have you had since, uh, since you started doing all this stuff? <sighs> a lot of it's been, um, around things to improve sleep. Uh, we talked a little bit about it, colder room darker room sleep mask i like to take melatonin which which helps you fall asleep a little bit faster it's a fairly natural supplement um i like to take magnesium which is uh typically good muscle recovery so those are things i do before bed um i uh i I try to go to bed and wake up at, at consistent times when i'm doing a quick trip from the east coast to west coast back I'll try to stay on the, the East Coast time zone. Uh, that goes back to this concept of sleep consistency. Uh, and then, you know, from a from a recovery standpoint, there's certain products that I use if I've been exercising a lot that I that I see um, improve my body. One is a product called Normatec, which is really good for uh, creating blood flow in your legs. It's like a 
a massaging tool um, that I, that I would recommend. Um, I, I do a little bit of cryotherapy, although I'm generally skeptical of of its overall results. I'm a big fan of cold showers. So mm -hmm. cold showers, I try to take two or three a day. Um, and uh, and I live in Boston, so those can be quite cold. And uh, <laughs> and I, I think I think cold showers improve your alertness. They create a natural um, mood enhancement, and uh, and they also cause your body to burn more calories throughout the day. So uh, I'm a big believer in cold showers. There's even some evidence to support that it improves your immune system, although I'm a little skeptical of that. Uh, from a diet standpoint, um, I probably haven't changed my diet that dramatically. I drink a lot of water. I think that's something that's really important for recovery and, and general good health. Uh, from an exercise standpoint, I still play squash competitively, but I know, for example, because of whoop, that playing squash is much more strenuous on my body than, say, weightlifting or going for a run. So this mm -hmm. goes back to this idea of a coach. When I wake up in the morning, whoop tells me how recovered I am. If my body's a little more run down, I won't play squash because I know that that's going to put more stress on my body than maybe my body's ready for. Um, whereas if, uh, if, um, I do have a lower recovery, I'll do something like, uh, like yoga or I'll go for a run, um, even weightlifting, because I know that those, those things put less stress on my body. So that's okay. some of the stuff, but you get the idea. Yeah. It sounds like, uh, it sounds like it's, it's helped a lot. Uh, how do you, how do you separate the, uh, how do you separate the bad ideas from the good ideas? Uh, in, in what context in terms of. Well, look, I mean, you guys, everybody's telling, everybody's telling you to go keto and then do this and then do this. Like you got to exercise, uh, I don't know, 45 seconds a day, do five <laughs> special exercises. And then, then you're gonna, then you're gonna, I don't know, lose 500 pounds almost immediately. And there's so much, uh, there's so much competing information. How do you separate out the, uh, the stuff that's real? Well, I think the key is self-experimentation. You know, that's what's, that's again is what is so exciting about the future and the ability to collect data on your body is you can start to identify, okay, what's the result of um, 30 days of blank on my body? So I got into transcendental meditation. Turns out it dramatically improved how, how fast I fall asleep and uh, my resting heart rate throughout the day. Okay. So I, I now can see the positive results of that on my body. Um, you know, uh, alcohol is a good example where I know when I have a certain number of drinks within a couple hours of, of bed, uh, it's going to negatively impact my slow wave sleep. So mm -hmm. that's not to say I never drink alcohol. It's just that now I have an awareness of what that does to my body. And I think that the same things I'm describing apply to all of these different ideas out there. So you want to go keto? Okay, go keto for two weeks. But but monitor what was the status of your body before keto? What's the status of it during? And what's the status of it after? And to some degree, that's why uh, Whoop working with professional athletes as our foundation was so interesting because professional athletes are actually very good at, at doing these A-B tests on their body. They're constantly mm -hmm. trying to figure out how can I get a 0.1% edge on the competition? And so that's why so many of these weird concepts like cryotherapy and, um, and even weird diets, they actually start at an athletic level and then make their way to the mainstream. 
you know, people forget like 30 years ago, uh, you know, professional athletes didn't really lift weights. You know, that was like a, that was a phenomenon that started in the nineties. And now you can't go to a hotel in America that doesn't have a gym. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm generally excited about how fast humanity can evolve when it sees things that work. And I think that, again, self-experimentation is is where this can be uh, quite impactful. All right. Sounds great. So we're going to send folks to whoop.com to uh, WHOOP to pick pick up a band and become superhuman. Yeah, we just launched our Generation 3 product. It's got a five-day battery life. It's got a new, stretchy, comfortable, sturdy band. Um, it's Bluetooth compatible, so it connects to other products. Uh, and it comes now with a with a strain coach that's going to coach you through workouts. So it's going to tell you when to keep going or when to stop. It's got um, video functionality, so you can actually record videos, videos of yourself working out or otherwise. Uh, with Whoop data overlaid on top, which is quite hmm. cool, and uh, and you'll be able to stream data to other products, whether it's Peloton or Strava or whatever you may use. So it's a, an exciting time to get on Whoop. All right, very cool. All right, Will, thank you for joining me on Technotopia. This has been uh, this has been some interesting stuff. Thanks a lot, John. Appreciate it. All right, this has been Technotopia. I'm John Biggs. We'll see you next week. Technotopia is brought to you by Happy Fun Corp. Happy Fun Corp is a design-driven technology company in Brooklyn, New York that specializes in building mobile and web applications for startups and Fortune 500 companies. Whether it's a new mobile or web application that will help people experience the Internet in a fun new way or software that will interface with a new piece of top-secret hardware, Happy Fun Corp is always up to the challenge. Big or small, Happy Fun Corp loves building software and loves working with great people. Come build with them. HappyFunCorp.com